Hey guys, welcome back to the Cruciform Life Podcast. This is a discussion-based podcast where three friends get together and talk about what a surrendered life to Jesus looks like in our everyday life, the ups and downs of doing life together. If you are to be a man of God, how you view the world and everything in it will be colored by the truth of His Word and His Son. All right, guys, welcome back. We really hope you enjoyed that first episode with Pastor Mike, and we are actually so excited because we've convinced him to do another. So <laughs> he's he's back for another week, and uh, really hoping that you have gleaned something from everything that he brought to the table, and hopefully in this, uh, we'll, you know, you'll glean even more. Obviously, we're talking about Christ and what he has said, and I, I, our prayer through this podcast is always that you see what he has done and it transforms your life and the way that you live it out, especially you know as we try to help especially men and husbands and fathers and even single men you know, in their walks, but we really hope that we've been so blessed by Pastor Mike and thank you for being here again. So one of the, one of the things that you had said towards the, you know, the end of the last episode, you know, you were talking about obviously like what Christ's saying in this, in the the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, it, it should, it should move us to obviously look different than the world. Correct. Totally. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it should be pushing us to, a, you know, in my opinion, a higher standard of holiness, because we've said this over and over again in these episodes of the season that, you know, there's Christ takes the bar and he, he just completely takes it and sets it even higher, you know, right. and we obviously, we can't hit that, which we've, we've hit at and we've said that even in the last episode. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So JC Ryle says, may we never forget our obligations. The Christian who is content with a low standard of personal holiness has got much to learn. Yeah. <laughs> so, as a yeah. as our pastor, how do how do you feel about that, and wh- where does that lead you right now? Uh, well, I mean, I I mean, this the, what you're saying is why I love uh, Bishop Ryle. I mean, he doesn't mince words, and <laughs> no. he just says it like it is. I mean, right. and he's very plain, and he I, the, he's. He really is. He's my absolute favorite of anybody I've ever read. And I mean, anybody, I, I just, there's nobody that I resonate with more than JC Ryle. I absolutely yeah. love him. The, the perspective that people, what they say, you're saying holy, right? So set yes. apart. Yes. Um, we got to remember that uh, there's a, and this is the big term, big word, the eschatological aspect to the, the Sermon on the Mount, because we're talking about what God, the, kingdom looks like and then what we're what that kingdom is supposed to look like in the here and now yeah right and so um i when you say holy right i i i'm i'm always fascinated because just contextually right i i grew up and i think ben we probably came grew up in similar similar circumstance i think probably yes. mike too i'm not really sure with yeah. pat uh but holiness it was talked about a lot um and uh, be holy as I am holy, be as God is holy. Those things were mentioned frequently, right? Uh-huh. And but the the problem was is that they were always mentioned in light of really good things. I mean, like you know, be careful what movies you're going to. Right. Don't swear. Yep. Um, what kind of company you're in? And, and I don't want to. You know, a lot of times when we talk about it, it seems like I'm minimizing those things. I'm not minimizing those things because we do have to watch our mouth. We do have to be careful what we're watching on TV and all that type of stuff. People need to hear that. However, when we look at where Jesus says, be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect, 
in the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about loving your enemies, <laughs> you know, yeah. and yeah. Um, th- that kind of creates the context, doesn't it? Or it creates the 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 um, the framework to really think about what we're talking about here. Yeah, because you know, if I'm not mistaken, you know, Jesus Jesus says, "You've heard it says, you know, love your love your." Um, love your brother and hate your enemy, right? Yeah. And, and he says, do I say to you, do good to your enemies, pray for them, you know? And he says, um, what good is it if you love those who love you, even tax collectors and uh, sinners do that? Mm-hmm. He says, but you are to be, you know, but do good to your do good to your enemies. And he says, in doing this, you're going to show yourselves as true children of your father in heaven. Yeah. Right? So there's that familial language you know it's you're you're a child of god and he says and so be perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect yeah right so there's that again there's that standard of holiness that comes from our relationship with god that is kind of in a in another realm yeah so in the in the past we as a church have done small groups off of jerry bridges the pursuit of holiness um, yes. The, there's a tension here between obviously, you know, uh, trying to pursue, you know, I guess what we would term like holy living or the pursuit of righteousness and legalism, obviously. Yeah. You know, and I guess my heart is to, from a pastoral perspective, the pursuit of holiness, like what should that look like? Well, yeah, again, you know, like I, I you know, here, like, you know, how do I say this? Like legalism is about exterior, exterior things and not about, doesn't ever address the interior. Yeah. Right. Right. That That's the main issue with legal. That is the, that is the main issue with legalism. Yeah. Right. Because if I'm saying, for example, I'm trying to honor the Lord and the Lord has convicted me about even while having any television in my house, it's like. Well, there's nothing wrong with television, right? Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. nothing wrong. With, yeah. There's, there's, there can be edifying things on television, but God is, you know, telling you. Eric talked about other things. I remember, you know, Steve Zook, who was a former elder who who has passed away and went home to be with Jesus. He used to love motorcycles and Harleys, and sure. for a while he loved it so much. It's like he, you know, the Lord just convicted him about ever having a motorcycle, and so, yeah. you know, he he gave it up, you know, and uh, and then there was a time in his life and later on in life, and you know, he felt he felt. Um, that God had dealt with the idol, and if I'm not mistaken, he bought a motorcycle. But for the longest time in his life, he didn't have it. Yeah. But that's not legalism. I mean, that's he's he's serving from the heart. Now, the thing that you're you're referring to, um, there's scriptures in the Bible. Forget about church; it's just in our general life. But what I what I think is a problem when you're asking me these questions is when we and I said this tonight, Ben. By the way, when people say gospel, right? And this is a challenge, right? Because when you say gospel, a lot of times people think of soteriology as far as like justification, sanctification, the imputed righteousness of yeah. Christ. But we got to remember that the fullness of the gospel message, right? The, you know, the the apostles, when they preached the gospel message, or let's just take, for example, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What What is their gospel? What is it? It's they're, they're, what their essence of the gospel is this. It's Jesus is king. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, Jesus is king. So Israel's king has now become king of the world through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. And one day he's going to return. And the gospel basically tells people, listen, here's the good news. Yes, God, God who is king, you know, has come in the person of Jesus Christ. And his the good news is he has come in peace. Mm-hmm. And he's offering um 
he's offering amnesty, okay? But lay down your arms, right? And submit to his rule. And uh, so that's where repentance comes in. That's why this repentance is part of the gospel. And that's good news because Jesus rules better than we rule ourselves or any other God can rule us. Yeah. And so, so the issue for legalism is, is like, has that person or has any, has that person submitted to the rule of Christ? Yeah. Right now, when I say submitted to the rule of Christ, you know, everybody is on a journey. Like I'm not perfect. Everybody's on a journey of becoming like Christ. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think Dr. Wilson essentially said it in this way. I, I changed it. Um, but it's like, you know, if when I, I, I remember I bought my first house, we remodeled the whole thing. Like, I mean, I didn't move into it until I remodeled the whole thing. My father-in-law, we gutted it. You know, I bought it. I took out a home equity loan. We, we, we gutted the whole thing, right? I did it all at once. But very few people do that, right, if yeah. anybody does it. Usually what happens is you buy a house and you work on the kitchen first or you work on the bathroom or, you know, you redo the, the living room, you repaint it or whatever it might be. And you have projects you're trying to renovate the house, right? Well, you know, sanctification is like sometimes God moves in and he He decides to work on the, the, the bathroom first before he works on the kitchen. Yeah. Right. And some people he moves in, he works on the kitchen before he works on the bathroom. And it's very difficult to look at a person and say, well, God worked on my bathroom first. And so he has, you know, you're not, you don't have, you don't have to be working your bathroom. So you're not a Christian or you're not sanctified. Right. You yeah. know, that's where it becomes right. very difficult. But um, the idea of, of Christ being Lord and, you know, working in your heart, you know, that's to me, that's, it's, you know, I, 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 that's the key. Right. Yeah. And so, and God working on us through a lot of different ways. And one of them being sometimes people just simply don't know. Right. Yeah. And so they need someone to talk to them. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the sanctification is a, is a, is always an interesting topic. You know, um, I think I've told the story for, and for some people it's very controversial, but it's true. There was a guy, um, that came, uh, to our church, about five, six years ago. And he was uh, Hollywood. He was in Hollywood. He was a dancer and he did some acting roles. He had a, he had a, he had a, a role in that movie. Uh, you probably don't know. It's called no retreat, no surrender. It was kind of a, uh, this kind of B, B, B rated movie with, um, it was, you know, kind of like, a you know, just when I was a teenager. Uh, but anyways, he talks about how he got saved. And I'm not sure if you ever heard, heard me tell this story, but he said that um, the way that he came to church was through a cross-dresser. Oh, yeah, okay? I remember this. Yeah, so he said that here he is, this guy, he'd be, you know, the, the, the guy that I know that came and ministered for us. Here he is, he's a Hollywood actor, he's doing drugs, you know, sitting there, you know, sharing an apartment with this cross-dresser and smoking weed. And he said um, here he would come, he would op- wake up late and come into the kitchen and here would be this guy dressed in women's clothing, sitting there with a Bible and, and saying, Lord, you know, praying, Lord, change me, you know, touch me, you know. And, and my friend, and I don't call, shouldn't call him my friend, but this guy would say, this guy's out of his mind, you know. And one day he, I think he needed a ride to church. And so my friend took him, and that was the first time he heard the gospel. And God moved on his heart, you know. And you know, he said that, he said that, uh, you know, here he is, wow, this is awesome. And he starts learning more about Jesus. And he said that, uh, he'll never forget, like here he is in this apartment having friends over and he's got a turntable because he was a dancer and into break dancing, all that type of stuff. And he's doing mixing. And he says, here I am smoking a joint 
and I'm like mix, you know, like kind of doing that thing with a, on a, on a turntable with Amy Grant's, you know, thing age to age. <laughs> well, the end of the, the, end of the story is I'm trying to say the end of the story is this is like, you know, he winds up having to move to Arizona. So he gets out of LA and he loses, loses track of his friend who's a crossdresser. And when he gets to LA, he gets into a, I mean, sorry, to, to Arizona, gets involved with the church, starts getting discipled, matures in his faith, gets married, has a couple of kids, moves back to Los Angeles, going to church. Now he's ministering, like, you know, he's becoming a minister. He's left Hollywood and all that. And he said, one day after church, he walks into a Denny's and he said, all of a sudden he hears his name and he turns around and there is this guy that he lived with who was a crossdresser. He doesn't even recognize him because he's there with his wife and kids talking normal and, you know, God had just worked a work in this guy that made yeah. him totally unrecognizable. He knew the voice, but he didn't even recognize him. Yeah. But see that that's a path, right? Of like, there's a, there's this change that has happened in somebody's life. Yeah. And, um, you know, but it's very difficult because it's, it's, it's messy, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I want to highlight that and it's, 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 and it's difficult because people are messy. Yeah. You know, they don't automatically do everything right overnight. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there's, it's up and down. It's, and you know, it, 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 you know, it's just, it's, it's just messy. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, I mean I think, you think to yourself, Ben, I, 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 and I, and someone was just saying, I think Terry Virgo was tweeting about it today, but, it, and I say it all the time. It's like, you know, Paul calls the Corinthian church, the seal of his apostleship mm-hmm. and he calls them saints. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I'm just telling you this. It's like of all the churches, yeah, I would have yeah. called the Ephesian church the saints, yeah. right? Um, but not the Corinthian church. Yeah. But that's where Paul starts, even before he even addressed them. He calls them saints. Yeah, you know, and uh, their sanctification. They weren't very. They weren't. They weren't progressing as fastly as Paul would have liked them to be. Yeah, you know, he, he calls them immature, right? Yeah, you know, he's, you know, so. Yeah. I mean that strangely comforting, strangely comforting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that it's messy for all of us. You know, we've all like, I've been there. Like it didn't, things don't change just overnight. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I I didn't see this myself, but one of my friends was telling me that, um, they asked John Piper, I think I told you this too, Ben, we were privately together. I, you know, they asked John Piper, what is the, um, what is the thing that, uh, is most difficult about, what makes him question his faith. Hmm. And he responded without hesitation. He said, he said the painfully slow process of sanctification yes. in my life. Yes. And I thought, Oh my gosh, that is an incredible answer because anybody who truly follows the Lord, you know, when you're not seeing the change happen in your life and you're like, why, you know, Lord, I yeah. love you and I want to do this. And why do I do these things? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it, <laughs> and you, and you, and you see that you're like, you know, is the Holy Spirit actually working in my life? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is he yeah. is he changing me? You know, and that's yeah. just gut level honest. I mean, yeah, I, I do think that I do think it's kind of like um, when you're around someone who's lost a lot of weight, uh, you don't recognize it. Um, you don't recognize it while it's happening, right? I mean, right. I mean, like my brother-in-law, you know, he's he's lost. I forget over a hundred pounds, I think. I remember one day I walked out, I'm like, man, oh man, how much you lost? And by that time he had lost like 70 pounds, but it took him losing 70 pounds before I even recognized it because I'm around him so often, you know? Yeah. And I know, uh, even with myself, I've, I've lost a few pounds over the last, last few months. It's like, you know, you don't, you don't recognize it as you're, as you're, as you're, 
as it's coming off you, you know, yeah. it's, it's just with yeah. yourself every day looking in the mirror, you know, it doesn't, but then like, you know, two months later, like, wow, man, look at that. I mean, seeing some cuts here and there, it's like, but you don't, it's, you don't see it as it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a great comparison. You're clicking that belt a little bit more now, aren't you? I am. <laughs> I am. I am. Thank God. Yeah. I actually put on my, I did a funeral today. I put on my suit and it actually fit me. I mean, yeah, there like, you go. I, mean I mean, like really fit me. I mean, I, I can't even, couldn't even button my pants before I had to leave the top thing unbuttoned, but <laughs> you know, <clears throat> but I only have one suit. So I had to make it work. The, the issue is just this pastor Mike that I think that, you know, like, so we, we've just been talking about how it's messy. And I just know mm-hmm. for me personally, in my own life, it was messy. It, it was messy. Yeah. It, it was extremely messy. I, you know, I had a experience somewhat, you know, similar to you, you know, as a, as a young boy, I remember being like eight, I think eight or nine. I don't know when I, you know, was baptized. I thought I started, you know, praying in tongues and, you know, I, I had this awkward, like, I just, I've always wrestled with, was I even saved? And, mm-hmm. you know, the whole point is that sanctification is a very, very slow process. And I think that one of the things is that you mentioned earlier that sometimes people just don't know. And I think one of the hearts behind this entire podcast is that for the three of us, it's been messy. And sure. now God has done something in all of our lives and we're trying to help people maybe know mm-hmm. and, you know, to at least put it out there, especially for men. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that one of the things that it's sometimes it feels like it's almost taboo to talk about, you know, pursuing, you know, righteousness or being set apart. But the problem is it's a command, right. you mm-hmm. know, and I think that, oh, yeah. you know, I think that one of the things that, you know, in an episode that's coming, it's just a note that I have that Arkent Hughes talks about the fear of being criticized, the fear of looking different, right? you know, and I think that I guess my heart behind, you know, the question that was asked earlier and what I would just love, you know, how can you encourage a congregation, especially, you know, young men in, in our church, but the church, how to not be scared of looking different, you know, like to, you know, we've talked about looking different in the world, but how do we actually, you know, what's a, a pastoral encouragement for someone who, who God is speaking to them and, and clearly, but is struggling to obviously, you know, it's, it's still messy. I don't know if that makes sense. I think so. Um, I, I'm not really exactly sure how to, how to answer that other than um, the answer that is found in our relationship with Christ. Yes. Right. I think um, to, to, to love him yeah. is to, to be embarrassed or not be embarrassed, but, but suffer shame for him. Yeah. You know, and and I hope that the, the whole thing of a, of a true relationship with Christ over overshadows everything that I'm talking about. Like, yeah. that's why I interjected that thing about you know when when Reformed people talk about you know the law sends us to Christ for our justification, and then Christ sends us to the law to frame our way of life. I want to make sure that that is tempered or influenced by that thing that Terry Terry Virgo so eloquently expresses that. You know, you got to make sure that you're not developing a relationship with the, with your old spouse to develop a better relationship yeah. with your new one. You know, it, it's everything flows out of our relationship with Christ. Yeah, and I think you know, there there to to talk about like with Calvin, there there's a very mystical side to that, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, there's a practical side to it, and there's a mystical side to it, right? You you can't know who Jesus is apart from Scripture. 
Yeah. Right. So you just can't. I mean, when I say you can't, it's, you know, I emphasize this frequently. Um, you know, it's, you're talking about knowing, right? We just use that. Well, it's, it's interesting that whole, how do we, how do we, how can we know, right? We know we're in the faith and all yeah. that. Well, that's what first John is all about. Paul, he says, I want you, I'm writing this so you will have confidence, right? Yeah. And it's just interesting to me when first John, the very first thing that it, he opens up with, he says that which we have felt held, held with our hands, which mm. we have seen with our eyes, which we have heard. Who's the we? Uh, the we and the us there is the apostles. Yeah, yeah. And our relationship with God, relationship with Christ, is forever tethered through the apostles. You know, I, I'm not sure how that strikes people that have grown up in a non-denominational, charismatic, but it's, it's, that's the fact of the matter. You, you, it, what, what it's basically saying is we, we know Christ because the apostles have revealed, have yeah. written down and revealed to us who Christ is. And so, in a very practical way, we spend time reading the Word, right? Reading who Jesus is, know what, you know. Um, I think even reading the Old Testament through the lens, the lens of Christ, yeah. and um, and the Holy Spirit works in the word through the Word to through with, in a relationship, right? Yeah. So you know we got to spend time in the Bible, you know, spend time in prayer, spend time worshiping. You know, um, we have access to so much music and worship and things like that, and I think. Um, you know, but making sure we're focusing on that primary aspect of our yes. lives, that's a relationship with God. I think that's the, the foundation. Yeah. Does that make sense? Am Absolutely. I, am I... Yeah, I, I love, Steve Lawson says that a high view of God leads to high and holy worship. A low view of God leads to base and trivial worship. And Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that I'm just thankful for I, is that when you read through this, when you read through you know, the whole Bible and you, you see Jesus from Genesis to Revelation, you know, it comforts you. It comforts you yes. to see the fact that he was there all the way in the beginning. He's there at the end. He's there in the now. And he does, as we've talked about, you know, how he shifts everything on its head. The hope is the gospel that, yes. that we can't do this. We, you know, we couldn't do it. We wouldn't do it. We're not doing it now, but thankfully he has come and he did it. And now we're called to imitate him and to, to trust in him, to lean on him for our living now. And I think that when you think of that, it does lead to high, to high worship and to a high view of God, to know that he has given you the tool and the tool is Christ. 100%. It's Christ. It's the Holy spirit, right? I mean, um, you know, I think of Paul and Philippians work out your salvation with fear and trembling, Yeah, you know, so, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's a sobriety in that passage that I think a lot of people don't with a discount, right? Yeah. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you, yeah. giving you the power to do what's pleasing, right? Yeah. Jim. So, you know, I love that, um, you know, to just, when we talk about sanctification and we're talking about this stuff, it's like, we're called to work out what God has worked in. Mm. Mm, right. Yeah. And, 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 and just practically speaking, let me just, to express to you how that works. Saint, you know, when people say sanctification is hard work, right? You, you, the, those type of language and that terminology has to be explained, right? Because this is why we have these conversations, right? Because people they they think, oh, now I got to white knuckle it. I got to, yeah. but see, 
the way that we work, the way that uh, God works in us is through a daily relationship with Him. God, um, uh, I hate to use the word convicts, but I mean, I'll just use that for, for the sake of this, this conversation. But, you know, He disciplines us, and He, uh, when I say discipline, I don't mean like He spanks us. You know, you, you guys understand what I mean by that, right? Yes. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. discipline means like, you know, I'm, I'm going to the gym. Right. And I have, I had this guy that I had hired to help me and he, he put me on a discipline of you eat this here, you eat this when he's not, he's not berating me and telling me I'm a fatty or anything like that. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> but he's, he's disciplining me and putting me on a program so I can reach certain goals. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but what God does in us is like, say, for example, like last year, um, at the beginning of the year, you know, God says, you know, listen, you need to up your game uh, with, with, uh, discipling your kids, hmm. you know, now God doesn't like lay out for me, like what I'm supposed to do. Right. I mean, like specifically, I mean, and, and not only that, but like, you know, I don't know, you know, Ben's got how many kids and I don't how old your oldest four and under. <laughs> okay. So you can get like this, you, you know, you get like this, this picture in your mind of what it's going to be like, okay, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the Jesus storybook Bible to my son, you know, every night. And meanwhile, you know, he's like, you know, uh, not paying attention, you yeah. know, uh, you know, I mean, you been, like, uh, you have a talking the house? whole time. <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying like, this is the reality, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but the point I'm trying to make is that, okay, so God is, is working on you to be a better spiritual leader because that's what he's convicting you about. Yes. And now you're trying to figure that out and trying to work that out and to do that. And that, that's, that's hard work. Yeah, and I, and I, I probably the example of that with my own life last year probably wasn't the best example to use, um, but you could say, for example, about God convicting you about being more, you know, listen, I need to be more kind as a husband or something. Well, that conviction, you're working out what God is working in. Yeah, or I'd say better. Let's put it this way: here's a here's a great one. You know, you need a better, a better listener, a better communicator with your wife. Well, you know, th- that's hard work, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You sit there and you're like, okay, I, I want to be this person, and but yet there's times you want to be impatient, and you're but you know what God, you're working out what God is working in you, but it yeah. doesn't come easy. Mm-hmm. Does yeah. that make sense? What I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So we work out what God is working in. Yeah. Right. You can't work in from outside. You can't take outside and make it in. It's God works it in, and then we work it out. Yeah. Honestly, that's a that's a great spot to to wrap it. Thank you so much for your time, Pastor Mike. Man, what a what a time to just kind of sit back and and listen to what you had to say and the the wisdom that you brought for these past two episodes. We're just so thankful for for that wisdom. We're thankful for your perspective. You know, we're we're so blessed to have you as our lead pastor and to sit under your your teaching, your wisdom, and your authority week in and week out. We were just so thrilled to be able to have you on on the podcast these last few weeks. So thank. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. We really do appreciate it. And we hope that um, you all, as our listeners, got so much uh, as a takeaway from these messages. Well, hey, thank you, guys. It's been a privilege for me just to chat with you, and I hope it was beneficial for you. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, so thank you good. so much. Thank, thank you, you so much for, for your time. It. We appreciate you so much. Yeah, and hopefully maybe we can get you on again at another point. I'd love to. I'd love all to. Right. Love thank, you guys. Yeah, love awesome. you too. Love you too, Bye. Pastor Mike. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for joining us on this episode of The Cruciform Life. Just wanted to make mention to check us out on our social media pages and give us a follow and subscribe to our podcast.